You found it! A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called A Scoop of Life. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I'm thankful that you have taken time to listen. This podcast is a mix of one of my personal stories, sometimes a funny one and sometimes a more serious one, together with music from Canadian musicians, and then concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy it, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. And now, enjoy the show. The title of this episode is Cliffs and Caves. Good friends see you through anything. The year was 1990 and I had just completed an intense building project in Kenya with a team of 16 young adults. It was exciting to know that the vacant land we saw when we arrived now had a beautiful school made of stone blocks sitting on it, complete with desks and blackboards. Since I was already on the African continent and a dear friend of mine had recently moved to South Africa, I decided to take my holidays right after the project and head to Valcom where my friend PJ lived at the time. Thankfully, my friend Jean wanted to accompany me, and so off the two of us went to join PJ for a three-week tour of beautiful South Africa. PJ picked us up at the airport in Johannesburg, and then we headed to Valcom to see where he lived and worked. Speaking of where PJ worked, it was a gold mine, and he was the geologist for it. PJ decided he wanted to take us into the mine, and so off the three of us went to the mine and onto an elevator that took us 1.6 kilometers, or one mile, underground. I could not fathom that, as a part of his job, PJ would regularly take this elevator and spend time so far underground. When the elevator finally stopped, we stepped out into a very warm and very large area. From this large area, there were a series of tunnels, and after following PJ down one of them, I realized that I might have a bit of claustrophobia, because between the heat and the narrowing tunnel, I was becoming a little anxious. Thankfully, the tour was soon over, and we were back in the elevator, making our way to terra firma and blue skies. Now that we had seen where PJ worked, it was time to prepare for our weeks of traveling, first to Port Elizabeth and then on to the garden route a famous route for seeing the south coast of South Africa, eventually leading to the city of Cape Town. The trip was breathtaking. There were meadows, streams, lakes, cliffs on the ocean side, beaches, quaint homesteads, wildlife, orchards, vineyards, and small towns, all stunning and like anything I had ever seen before. There were many, many stops along the way to hike up some mountains, kayak on lakes and rivers, or see sites of historical and cultural significance. Sometimes the stops were so long, PJ wondered aloud if we would ever get to Cape Town. Getting closer to Cape Town, PJ mentioned that we could go cave spunking if we wanted to, in a beautiful yet challenging series of caves known as the Kango Caves. Since I had been introduced to the sport of spunking while living in the U.S. Rocky Mountains, I was excited to try it once again. 
Jean was up for anything, and so we all agreed to add this adventure to our time in South Africa. The next day, we drove to the mountains that held the Kango Caves and signed our lives away before being taken into the cave system. At first, the caves were large, caverns actually, with Van Zyl's Hall so large that at one time concerts were housed in it. The beauty and majesty is hard to describe, for the stalactites and stalagmites were huge and incredibly ornate. Even my photos don't do this area justice. Then we headed into the next chamber, which was not as large as Van Zyl's Hall, but still a very good size and extremely beautiful. Here it looked like there were waterfalls made of crystal and pipe organ-like formations. It was something to behold. So far, our time in the caves was superb and the beauty overwhelming. However, not like the splunking I was used to from my time in the U.S. Rocky Mountains. Well, this was all about to change as we climbed the ladder up to King Solomon's Mines, where not only were we introduced to the narrow places we would be climbing through, but the heat in the caves seemed to intensify a hundredfold, causing me to be a little nauseous. Now it seemed that not only would we be splunking, but in heat like I never had previously experienced in a cave. There was, however, no turning back, and so we started the greatest adventure of all. PJ led the way, and Jean was behind me. I admitted to feeling a little nauseous from the heat and narrowing tunnels. However, both friends kept encouraging me, and PJ yelled out helpful tips to guide both Jean and I through each narrowing crevice. There was some slipping, some sliding, but most of all there was some movement from one tight space to another. The heat continued to bother me, so at one point I just needed to stop and literally catch my breath, as I found claustrophobia once again rearing its ugly head. I was bothered by how I felt, as claustrophobia was something new to me, for I'd never experienced it prior to coming to South Africa. Jean sensed my frustration, so came to scrunch beside me and reassure me that we would get through this together and have quite the story to tell when we were done. Although I wasn't sure I would make it, it was comforting to have Jean and PJ hang in there with me. After taking a quick picture to prove how tight the space was and how red my face was, we headed closer and closer to the Devil's Post Box. I knew that the opening of this portion of the caves was narrow, and that is why it had received such an odd title. However, in the preparing of this story, I forgot just how narrow it was, so I checked it out online and found that it is only a mere 27 centimeters, or 10.3 inches, in height. This narrow corridor was the next place we needed to slide our bodies through in order to get into a large opening and eventually finish our spunking adventure. The rocks of this narrow opening were smooth, and I was a much smaller version of me than I am now, so I knew that I would probably make it through the Devil's Post Box. However, it was my mind telling me the impossibility of it that I had to overcome. Once again, Jean and PJ exercised extreme kindness and patience as they waited for me to muster the courage to go through the narrowest of openings. PJ said he would verbally guide me through the crevice, and Jean said he would wait until I had slid all the way through before attempting it, so I didn't have to worry about him being right on my tail. Several attempts, encouragements from PJ and Jean together with lots of self-talk, and I failed at making it through the devil's post box. The heat combined with the narrow opening intimidated me to the point that I just could not muster the courage to go through. Since PJ had gone before to guide me through, he was on the other side waiting for us. 
However, Gene decided that he would not attempt the spunk either, and instead decided he would stay with me and help me to get back to the large caverns, where we would then be able to get back up to the open air. Thankfully, PJ would be able to get out at his end and meet up with us. I had failed at the most difficult part of the journey and was saddened that I had taken away some of the delight of the adventure by not being able to complete it. However, both PJ and Jean assured me that there was no need for sadness or apology as they both felt we had had a great adventure and best of all, we could do it together. Upon reviewing the map of the caves, I was not only grateful to have made it out alive, but so grateful for my two dear friends who never left my side, encouraged me the whole way and did not tease me or remind me constantly that I had failed to complete the most challenging part of our spunking adventure. A few days later, we found ourselves on a completely different adventure. This time, we were going to climb Table Mountain, which sits high above the city of Cape Town. Our day started out with the sun shining and not a cloud in the sky. It was just a bit breezy and seemed the best day ever to climb Table Mountain. As we made our way up the mountain, we saw lots of gorgeous wildflowers, met some fellow climbers, and increasingly loved our view of the ocean and the city of Cape Town. Eventually, we made it to the top of the mountain and the views were breathtaking. We high-fived each other for making it to the top and took many, many pictures before making our descent. In our excitement, we failed to see the large bank of clouds quickly approaching the mountain and in no time flat, we were shrouded in thick fog produced by the clouds. It was so thick that we could hardly see just a few feet in front of us. Now it was cool and damp and our visibility was limited. Not how we had imagined our descent, especially in light of how beautiful the day had been just a few minutes earlier. To say that we were cautious coming down is an understatement. Yet once again, PJ agreed to take the lead and Jean agreed to follow me. One hesitant and careful step at a time, we slowly started our walk down Table Mountain, with PJ calling out things to watch for underfoot and Jean encouraging us by singing silly songs and trying to be the best coach ever. Eventually, we were under the shroud of the clouds and could once again see clearly. What a sight! What a sight! The beauty of Cape Town and the ocean clearly seen before us. When I think of our time in South Africa, these are but two of the stories that come to mind. Please enjoy the song, The 59th Street Bridge Song, by Steve Bell, that celebrates life and all it has to offer us. The song says how I feel about my time traveling in South Africa with two of my dear friends. Steve Bell is a friend and former colleague of mine, and I thank him for the use of his music on this show. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just to kick it down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Drowsy and ready 
morning time drop all its petals on me Life, I love you, all is groovy How do you tell people around the world about Jesus? There are screens everywhere, on televisions, computers, tablets, and phones. And even before kids know how to read, they know how to click the buttons to play their favorite shows. Online, on air, or in print, media reaches people of all ages, any time and any place. Shouldn't you have a message worth sharing? To help us spread the gospel, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. Good friends see you through everything, and when I think of my trip to South Africa, I immediately think of my two dear friends. Their desire to travel with me, their encouragements, laughter, camaraderie, patience, and kindness were all incredible gifts given to me on that trip. The Bible gives reference to friendship and what it should look like. Here are some of my favorite parts of the Bible that talk about friends and friendship. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 24, it says, There are friends, in quotation marks, who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 26, it says, The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. And finally, words from Jesus, the best friend we ever could have. And his words are found in the book of John, chapter 15, verses 13 to 17. And in the New Living Translation, they read, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. This is my command love each other. To whom can you and I offer a stick-closer-than-a-brother kind of friendship? Thanks for listening, and I hope you will let me know not only what you think of the show, but also something that may have resonated with you, made you laugh, or encouraged you. You can contact me via the website www.ascoopoflife.com or on Facebook or Instagram under A Scoop of Life. However, let me spell that for you because you may think S-C-O-O-P like an ice cream, but it is www.askoopoflife.com like in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. My team here at Square One World Media and I enjoyed producing this episode, and I hope you will come back and listen to more episodes as they are loaded on www.ascoopoflife.com. Scoop of Life.com.